And we are live. Hello and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. Uh, this week we are going to be talking about a season of the Risen lore book, The Martian Missives, which actually I think isn't really season of the Risen, and it's more of a Witch Queen lore book. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Sort of, kind of. But um, yeah, um, so people playing Destiny right now, you, you know, we have uh, it's just called Solstice now. It's no longer Solstice of Heroes. That's going on right now. Um, I haven't, I still haven't really put too much time into Destiny. I mean to go back in and 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 experience this, especially because I'm seeing it's got like really good uh, armor rolls. Um, have you been playing much of it? No, not much. Um. I did kind of jump in just to see what it was all about, though, and yeah. uh, it it I like the fact that it's much easier this time around. You don't have yeah. to you don't have to upgrade the 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 armor, which is a cool. It was a cool feature and thing that they implemented, but uh, it could be kind of like you know long and arduous. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the coolest thing was they kind of give you the the armor and you just go out and play and. And uh, you immediately will get some good stuff, good rolls, good good uh, crap to add to your crap. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's still taking place in the the European aerial zone, right? It's just um, yeah. Now there's no treasure chests, and I think they changed a few things yep, about it. Yeah, I heard they they removed that uh, sewer sewer that you could enter, and you would see one of the dreaming city cats. They got rid of that. I heard. Oh, I didn't know about that. That's yeah, I mean, funny. it never really did anything. It was just kind of there. But people were like, what is this? What does it mean? And I guess it didn't mean anything. So it's kind of an all right thing that they got rid of it. The glitch. Um, in more the bonfires are cool. Oh, yeah. And that's that's the other big thing. You're, you're lighting a bonfire, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the coolest thing I thought was uh, the the new bonfire that you're, that you're building. You're building does it kind of go hand with... in hand with Rift? No. Uh, no. It, it's like you have to get part you have to get kindling mm-hmm. and you add the kindling to the bonfire and then you know you eventually set it afire which is like taking taking blight energy okay. stuff <laughs> i don't know how that technically works out but um you're building a bonfire and then you set it ablaze interesting interesting yeah. fire mechanics uh, yeah um, in, in more exciting news, uh, just this week, we, we got told that on August 23rd, there's going to be a, um, Lightfall showcase. Yeah. Right at the halfway point, too. That's what's really interesting yeah. about it. It's going to be right at that halfway point. I thought it was going to be later. I didn't think they would do it yeah. this early. I thought, I thought at least they'd wait. I, I thought the earliest they would do it would be in September. Yeah, especially if... Because when did when did Witch Queen come out? That was February, right? Yeah, and I know it was delayed ultimately. Well, to so February. Like, yeah, because it was originally supposed to come out in September, like Destiny usually does. But now you just have to assume everything is going to be coming out. The yearly release is going to be coming out in February, and right. so this season ends. I think it ends in August, right? Yes. And so then the new season begins. So then you got like the that like last week of August. Uh, so really September, October, November, and then you got the January uh, 
no, uh, the end of November, December, January, and then that be that beginning in February, uh, almost to the end of February. So we have two whole seasons that are basically going to come af- out after this showcase. And actually, if I remember correctly, the new season comes out on the showcase day, doesn't it? Oh, is that right? I'm, yeah, that would make sense. That would make sense, though. That would make because they've done that before. Uh, what is it? See, this is why this needs to be Witch Queen season three. Um, it should be Destiny three. Destiny season. <laughs> I think it's like eighteen now. Eighteen release. August twenty third. Wow. Yep. So it's there. It, it's going to be on the same day. So you're going to have so much content being distributed to you and it's going to be, I imagine if they're showing the showcase for it, it's going to be really setting the tone for the next two seasons because it's like, you know, what's going to happen now in Lightfall. You have some idea of what's going to happen right. now in Lightfall. Right. We, we talked about it on our last episode. We were like, what the fuck does Lightfall even mean? Like there's right. so many ways it could go. So hopefully the seasons will line up in a way that you won't be playing it thinking, oh, well, this is for nothing because I already know what's about to happen. Yeah, right. And that's, you know that's what I mean? the tricky thing. Yeah, because like when they showed off Sabathun, the reveal for Sabathun, we knew that Witch Queen was coming and we knew part of the story arc just because of the the trailers. And we knew enough to know that what we were doing in the time being, we were not like, Oh, I wonder what's coming. I yeah. want, you know. Yeah, like, we knew Sabathin was coming, even though the game didn't. Yeah, it, it's kind of it was kind of weird being like, "Oh, Mara's gonna kill Sabathun," and we're just sitting there like, "No, she's right. not." <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll we'll have a show on that um, after it comes out, and I mean that'll be the first. Yeah, that's 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 gonna be holy shit. Yeah, actually, it just occurred to me. Um, we're going to have a show two days before it, which is good because then that lets us have like a week of the season, a full week of the season, and then another like partial week. So then kicking it into September 4th would be the show after the showcase. We can probably do a showcase show then. And then the 18th giving us like a month of the season we can we can talk about the season and yeah really get and to then, experience what that uh season is and and have something valuable to say not just be like fun gun good you know <laughs> nothing yeah as most people always do whenever there's a new season it's like i got new stuff oh yeah. it's so great and then you're kind of like a month later oh wait oh man there's so much going on now yeah and I mean, I'm sure it's going to be great. I'm not. I'm not expecting it to be bad or anything. It's. It's just. It's. It's better to say, wasn't it awesome when this happened? And it happened. Yeah. We have all this. Yeah. All this stuff to talk about. Yeah. Well, you know, and then you assume that after that you've got uh, Festival of the Lost, and then after that, you know, you've got a long period until the dawning, and then after that, you've got the actual the new. Mm-hmm. So it'll be two seasons, but it'll you know what kind of to expect a little bit, maybe. Because mm. you got Festival of Lost and you got the Donnie at the end of both, or at, somewhere in the middle of both. Uh, if I'm right, the Dawning should be 
that's kind of messy. The Dawning would probably be kicking. No, it'll be in season four. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it'd be like in the middle of season four. So it actually fits better. Because it used to be uh, game releases in September, expansion or uh, first season releases in December. Okay, it's dawning. And it's like, whoa, (laughs) what's happening? Why are we celebrating right now? Yeah, what is there to celebrate right now? Well, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah, the Martian missive, the Martian missives lore book is an is an interesting one. It has an interesting premise that kind of follows through its um its eight entries, and we'll go through all eight of its entries. And for those who haven't read it, I think you'll like kind of what this book does. Um, and you might have seen people talking about the book. Like, I had a friend who actually was, like, DMing me, and they're like, what do you think about this? And I was like, I don't, I don't even, I, I, didn't, I hadn't read the book yet. I was like, I have no idea what to think about that. And then reading the book, you're like, oh, it's very obvious what to think about it. Just read, keep reading, and <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll see what's going on. Um, but before we get into that, do you want to talk about the lore card this week? Yeah, so Destiny lore card this week. Uh, is it's a ship um it's called the final instar uh flavor text reads tuned a dozen times and more to achieve the perfect form um which is kind of funny because an instar is the name given to the developmental stage of an arthropod between molts so the original the or, or origin for it is a latin word meaning form slash likeness um this pertains to insects they can routinely cast off their exoskeleton during specific times in their life cycle Uh, the insect form in between two subsequent molts is termed an instar so this would be the final instar right the form before its final shape (laughs) so uh the after hatching from an egg an insect is said to be in its final instar. So when the insect molts, it's in the second instar and so on until its final instar. Instar is the name given to the developmental stage of an arthropod between molts, uh, but it can be used for insects undergoing complete and incomplete metamorphosis. So for example, um, a butterfly caterpillar or a moth larva can go through several instars throughout hmm. their developmental you know, life cycle. Um, larvae appear in variety of forms and are termed as caterpillar, grubs, or maggots in different insect species, which, you know, you think about. Um, The larval development consists of a series of stages in which each stage is separated from the next by a molt. So a molt is when uh, insects routinely cast off their exoskeleton during different parts of their life cycle. The insect form in between two subsequent molts is the instar, but in order to get there, they must shed the exoskeleton in order to grow grow or assume a new form. So uh, after they shed their exoskeleton, most juvenile arthropods will continue their life cycle until they either pupate or molt again. Uh, The number of instars an insect undergoes often depends on the species 
and the environmental conditions. Examples, the species of Lepidoptera, Lepidoptera, <laughs> I always say that wrong, it's the moth uh, caterpillar. Um, I brought up moths and caterpillars for obvious reasons because the game, uh, you know, Savathun uh, has, has a lot of moth-like, uh, you know, uh, visuals, uh, aesthetics, stuff like that to go with it. Uh, but what's interesting about the ship is if you look at the ship, you can see it actually looks like like an in-between stage or right before they spread their wings and they harden that final exoskeleton, which is kind of interesting. So I'm looking at this ship and I'm hearing you talk about like the molting and stuff. And uh-huh. I'm not sure if this is like a New England thing because I, I hear things about them and I'm, I'm just trying to look it up to like confirm. Sure. But it reminds me of cicadas. Have you ever, do you have cicadas where you live? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it'd be like you see because they molt, they'll like land on a tree and they'll molt, and it's like a perfectly formed cicada shell is just shell, yeah, left on perfect. the tree. Yeah, it and that's what look it looks exactly like. Like that, yeah, it really does. And yeah, it really is does. it true that they? Okay, wait, wait. This is it. This is it. Uh, though these cicadas' life cycles can vary from one to nine or more years as underground nymphs, yeah, they their do. emergence above ground as adults is not synchronized. So some members of each species may appear every year. Okay, see, because I heard that. I heard that they 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 live underground for like nine years and they only emerge every like decade or so. And I'm like, yeah. but I've heard them for several summers as a child. Yeah, because so it's that so can't many, be true. Yeah. <laughs> It's just not synchronized. The right, individuals right, right. do, but these ones wake up, then yeah. these ones wake up, yeah. then these ones wake up. Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's what I was thinking. I was, oh, if that if that uh, myth were true that they that they spend decades and then synchronize come out of the ground, this was the year that I heard them again for the first time in so long. Um, I was gonna say maybe that's what Bungie was doing with this. Hey, could be. I mean, they're at the ten year mark, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, what's, what's funny about that when you say cicadas, uh, that's typically like a, uh, a Southern regional type of thing. I would think, uh, here in Texas, we have tons of cicadas. Is it, uh, is go, it a yeah. Southern thing? Cause I've, I've always well, heard them. As I know a kid. it's, I know it's like in America, it tends to be like a more Southern thing. It's, it feels like, huh. uh, but, but yeah, I don't know if that's technically because the cicadas are different looking, um, like in in Mexico, they call them chinchadas, <laughs> hmm. but they have uh, they they have that that uh, that shaker sound. Yeah, that just kind of buzzes the, forever. The, the cry that they make, it's like yeah, very very loud. Yeah, and it's just on on and on and on and yeah. on and on. Yeah, I saw a um, I saw a cicada killer. It's a type of wasp. It's like. It's like it's a wasp that's like, like really big. Yeah, it's like four inches long, Mark and Mark. I saw it kind of like crawling out of a storm drain, and I was like, "The fuck is that?" And I thought it was one of those um, those Japanese killer hornets or whatever the the ones yeah, that are like the really one bad. About. Yeah. They look ex- <laughs> they they look so identical that like just at first glance I was like, "What? Why is this here?" Why is this outside my apartment? And I was like, I was a little concerned. And then I, I looked it up and I was like, oh, no, that's a cicada killer. 
I still don't fucking like it, but yeah. <laughs> at least it's not the Japanese one. That was a good thing to point out because the ship really does look like the shell of a bug left behind. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It should make um cicada noises as it flies. <laughs> Like how some ghosts do. Imagine yeah. that. If it you, you you go to the hangar and you see your ship come in and it says, and it's fucking loud as shit. Yeah, that would be awesome. Damn bugs. Alright. I, I didn't I don't know if you were at the end of uh, at the end of the lurk. No, that's it. Need to cut yeah, you off. that's it. Oh well, okay. obviously okay. it flies, so you know it's gotta be a flying insect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't fucking like um I don't like cicadas. <laughs> I, don't think a lot of, I think a lot of people don't like i mean they're just annoying yeah yeah that's that's a part of it for sure that they're that they're they're annoying but it's just like as a kid i got like kind of attacked attacked by a horse fly at the beach and it like it like got on my skull and it was like biting my head and i couldn't get it out because like my hair and stuff and it was i was freak i was out in the water too so i was freaking out i was like it just jumped in the you should have just gone under the water i did it didn't get off it didn't get on it was stuck in your hair i think it was stuck in my hair and it was i think it was mad at me for getting stuck in my hair so it was oh, biting awesome. me because it couldn't get out and it was like let go of me and i'm like get the fuck off of me yeah. <laughs> like well, i was out so far that like i couldn't even stand i was out in like deep water and it fucking lands in my hair and it gets tangled and yeah. it's biting me. Well, you know, it's funny because those are the sounds of summer. And so naturally yeah. you would like assume that um, a pleasantry is the background noise to the season, right? So like people think of, oh, I can hear the cicadas and the trees and the crickets chirping and all of those sounds. Or like here in Texas, we have mockingbirds. I don't know if you got those anywhere else, but the no. mockingbirds are the most... They have this really weird whistly beeping digital type of sound. It's a really cool sound on its own, but when you have thousands of them in the city just cackling and making noise, and they call them mockingbirds because they mimic other birds' noises too. So you don't know what the hell you're hearing at the time. <laughs> That's cool. But they go nuts and they won't shut up forever. And so, yeah. it, it, anyway, it's just funny because all these sounds you assume you assume or you think about. Uh, and people are like, oh, I like to listen to background noises and junk like that. And it's always crickets or, you know, cicadas in the trees or waterfalls and junk like that. But yeah. the people here are like, oh, I hate this stuff. I used to have a white noise machine and I would, I would play like cricket sounds because when I was a kid, I used to have crickets right out my window and I would hear them all night. So like I got that and I would listen to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is just like when I was a kid and I would fall right asleep to that. But like That's awesome. the birds in the morning... They annoy me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So then let's let's get into this lore book. Let's go. Uh. So this this lore book, uh, Martian missives from season of the Risen, slash the Witch Queen, probably actually. Uh, it has eight entries, and so we'll just kind of break them down, go one by one. If there's anything in here that you want to uh, point out, uh, we can stop and point them out. Okay. Um, so I wrote up as I, as I do a summary of all of them. We'll just read way. We will read through them. Uh, and so the first one is Osiris one. And, uh, 
So Osiris leaves us a message somehow during his time under the control of Savathun. In this letter, he explains that the point he lost Sagira, he was, for all that it mattered, already dead. So he allowed Savathun to take over his body. And this is actually uh, contradictory to a previous lore entry that we have. And uh, once I finish this, we'll we'll read that as well. Uh, but assuming it's just his bravado speaking, uh, trying to act fully in control so that he, he's like, we can accept this at, you know, because that's how he is. He yeah. he he would he would be like I lost the Savathun, but I I let her win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he would so, never like accept defeat or whatever. Yeah. And the the entry from Wolf Tone Draw, um, it's not an entry. It's it's written from like an omniscient standpoint, so it's not like he shared that with anyone. Whereas this, it's him sharing it with us. So he's kind of the, he's the narrator. He's the, uh, the bias. And so to assume that it was true, this is true. Um, while Sabathun controls him, he is, as he puts it, left alone in her storied halls to learn all she has seen. And it would seem that Sabathun taking over Osiris allowed some piece of him to take over her. And right. so I, I, I suggest, uh, could it be the reason he's in the coma is he's still within her consciousness and without Imaru to revive Savathun, he's stuck there. Oh, good point. So, uh, the, the entry wolf tone draw from uh, season of the lost, which is after we learned Osiris was taken over um, we have this kind of, like I said, omniscient uh, standpoint where it's it's Osiris within his own body that Sabathun is controlling. And he, it says, uh, the smell of night flowers, I am walking. She is walking through a moonlit garden and there is Ikora speaking, laughing, nodding. Look, look, Ikora, look at me. Don't you see it? Pay attention, pay attention. I taught you better than this. A woman in Exo, uh, sits before me and sways, eyes vacant, vacant, but inside she is sinking as well. Now her voice, her true voice, humming a gyre of sound, and the exo sways faster and faster. I hear this voice and push to the surface, saint, no, no, no. I scream, but there is no sound. He looks into her eyes, he smiles. He reaches for me, but it is not me. Saint, that is not me. Please, please, please. So... <laughs> Very sad that's that's what Osiris was experiencing. But it kind of throws into question this this letter that he somehow wrote to us. Yeah. Like just right off the bat, how did he even write this letter? But uh yeah. And he says uh he ends it with kind of almost actually making it sound like give up on me. He says, do not let my sacrifice be in vain. Right. And like he was, he was accepting the, yeah. that his fate was sealed. And so the second entry is Eris one. And so these are all letters being sent to us by various uh, allies. And so Eris sends us a letter reminding us of the true threat of Savathun. 
And she feels that she is likely, she also includes in here that she feels she's likely a sleeper agent of the Witch Queen and asks us to eliminate her the moment she seems suspicious. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I need a friend and ally whom I can trust to eliminate me the moment I act suspiciously. Do not hesitate, Guardian. Do not second guess. Do not beg me to seek redemption. I am already fallen, and the greatest mercy you can offer is swiftness. You alone I trust with this vital task. Eris Morn. Hmm. Also, in this entry, um, there is this line uh make no mistake she discard she discarded the guise of osiris because it was no longer and the word is supposed to be valuable but it says v-a-l-u-a space eight l-e and it's weird typos aren't impossible but this doesn't feel like a typo do you have anything uh that you want to mention i thought it was just a typo you thought it was just a typo? Yeah. Well. How close is the 8 to the B? Oh, it's pretty far. Well, unless you got some fancy keyboard. Yeah, no. 8 and B are nowhere near each other. Like, Oh, my goodness. They look similar, but they're nowhere near each other on the keyboard. And there's a space. It's it's not like they subbed the B and the 8. There's a space between V-A-L-U-A and 8-L-E. Hmm. Um. And then entry three is Ikora one. Uh, this comes encrypted from like the standard uh, hidden reports. And so yeah. the sender is Ico006, which is Ikora. And in this entry, uh, Ikora is just reminding us not to trust Finch because he seems a little too eager. Like he's giving us all this information. It's like, be wary. It's like very, very neutral compared to the other two, which was like, I am dead and please kill me. <laughs> Uh, for those wondering, FYN002 is uh, Finch, and CHA319 is Chalco, uh, is Chalco Lin or Chalco Yin? I don't remember. It's a, it's a, hunter, it's a hunter that Ikora has romantic interests with. Yeah. Uh, so that brings us to entry four, which this is one that my friend uh, asked me about on, on, on Twitter. Um, so Keitel sends us a letter informing us that her cabal have found a mutilated body on Nessus and using their technology, they were able to confirm it was the true body of Osiris. She doesn't hold faith in Ikora's identification of Osiris in the city because Ikora has already failed to tell him apart once. Keitel warns us the body we know as Osiris because when uh, warns us of the body we know as Osiris, because when Sabathun sent Zivu Arath to Tora Bottle, it was wearing the mask of a trusted advisor. Uh, so, just a quick refresher uh, Umun Arath was tricked by Sabathun into worshipping Zivu Arath and eventually summoning Zivu Arath to Tora Bottle, which led to the downfall of Tora Bottle. And Keitel right. is basically saying, like, I don't know if what you have is a bomb, is a weapon, like it, it could be anything, and you should dispose of that body. Yeah, because it could be, you know, yeah, it could be a gateway. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, I mean, that's what a Moon of Wrath was like, like, they yeah, like, they, yeah. 
uh, Keitel stabs Amunarath, and they just start laughing. And then I, I don't know if they if Zivu like burst from their body or what, but that was like the final piece of the ritual to summon right. Zivu Arath. Right. Like that could very much happen to Cyrus's carcass. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it very much could. You're absolutely right. But um, nothing kind of fast. Young. Yeah. I was, um, I was trying to remember. Sorry? The Yong, Chalco Yong. Isn't that it? I could have sworn, excuse me, was Yin or Lin? Well, I see Yong. Yeah, it's Yong. It was on Dragon Shadow. You are correct. Wait, isn't Chalco a woman? I've. I would assume that because in the Vesper Radius, I think is where she's talking. Let's see. Uh, it doesn't explicitly say. Oh. I could have sworn. I could have sworn uh, there. There was. Um... Hmm. I'm pretty sure she is. Either way, I, I just, I just, it is Chalka Young. Um, Young, young. Um, I found the Destinypedia article, and it's just funny because Chalky Young was a hunter and member of the Hidden, who is close friends with Ikora. It's like, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I'm, else are you gonna write until you know? <laughs> yeah. To to be fair, the the romantic yeah. interest is a very recent development. This entry was yeah. probably written like two years ago, like maybe yeah. even more. So it's. Yeah, it's, it takes a while for a lot of that stuff to get updated. Yeah, and that's that's fine. That's fine. That's fair. It's just funny in today's climate. It's like, it is, okay, buddy. <laughs> like like the um, what is it? The lovers of um, it's one of my favorite thing. Um, lovers of, damn it. You talking about the star star cross lovers? The Lovers of Valdero. Hmm. No, that's that doesn't sound right. The Lovers of Medina. So there are these two skeletons that were seen uh, holding hands well, in like the grave. died. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so they were they were called the Lovers of Medina, and then like years after their discovery, it was is years after their discovery, it was revealed that they were both men. And then they yeah. were like, oh, these aren't lovers. They must have been like siblings. <laughs> or maybe yeah. they fought a war together. Right. This fucking people yeah. suck. I know. Let's just make up whatever we want to feel at the moment. Yeah. But so, uh, back to Martian missives. And here's another one. Here's another one of the eights that I'll, I'll get to. Uh, we have a second entry from Ikora, who, as you might recall, was the only one who seemed kind of normal. This one, however, is not a hidden document. It's just a regular letter. And so she's kind of just confiding in us that she's blaming herself for letting Sabathun into the city. And then she kind of like turns it around and casts doubts on Savala and tasks us with protecting ourselves from the, from the day that he inevitably will betray us. Or fail to like do the right thing, and she she like calls reference to um 
Do whatever it takes to ensure your safety just in case this jinx on powerful guardians doesn't end with me. Don't follow poor Cade 8's fate. And uh, yeah. <laughs> once again, the 8 appears and it's yeah, not Yeah, there it is. It's supposed to be Cade-6 with no space, but it's Cade-space 8. This is crazy. Oh, by the way, you're right. It is Chaco is a she. It's all in the Cartesian coordinate lore, which originally didn't have a uh, lore entry. No, no, that was one of those returning things. Yeah. 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 That's a whole lore about Chaco. Yeah. But so yeah. it's, we have these eights appear twice now. This is nuts. And I don't really know what to think of them because we get we we've gotten things like this before. We've seen this in like um for example Truth to Power. Remember that when it was like yeah. breaking apart and it was like, "Oh, I'm actually a submind Medusa and blah blah blah." Right. And I'm like waiting for something more substantial than a single number to be revealed, but it's just a number. And it's like, "What does a number mean? We're not we're past season 8. Are we approaching year 8?" Oh shit, wait, are we? Um, I remember past that. 2014 to 15 to six, uh, 14 to 15, 15 to 16, 16 to 17, 17 to 18, 18 to 19, 19 to 20, 20 to 21, 21 to 22. So we are in year eight. Okay. All right. Wait a second. Well, I, I got nothing. Okay, I don't either. <laughs> uh, there's something there. I don't know what it is, but I'm confident there's something there. It happened twice. Gotta be something there, yeah. Well, it was like remember the Telesta lore that nobody knew about until forever yeah. later, and then we were and like, they, "Who was that?" Um, Go on. No, no, that was it. I was just saying the hidden message inside there. Yeah. Who who was it that had some, there was a writer who had to say like no one's found uh, it yet like yeah, he Seth, like drew Seth attention and, to it yeah Seth brought it up yeah and it was shortly after that after he brought attention to it we realized uh, what it was it was a paladin um... right right it was um, uh... <laughs> Aldrin untrustworthy. No, or crow untrustworthy desires power. Is that yeah. right? That that's what the secret message is. So um it's specifically but so there's a way to tell when the secret message is being used, and it's when uh the name Paladin or Ran uh appears. Yeah. When you see Paladin or Ran, you take the first letter of each word and it makes the the encoded message, which is like the <laughs> lamest encoding ever. But it worked. No one yeah, found it for until Nobody it was found it forever. And it was one of those lures that stood out too, because we were all like, What does this even mean? This is so goofy. Yeah. Like none of the string of text really made um logical sense to mm -hmm. even like send out as a message to anyone. And we just glossed over it. It's like when you go back and read all the war mine flood text right mm -hmm. or all of that stuff that revolved around rasputin early on in d1 you're trying to figure out well what is this what is this what does this mean all of these string texts you know almost elite speak yeah <laughs> like what is he doing what is he doing so for oh, those and everybody 
Yeah, go ahead. Uh, for those wondering uh, what it what it did actually say, it said contingency reserves overdrawn. We underestimated nobility troth reparations. Aldrin suggests that we open reintegration talks. Have you discussed endowment support? If Reef endorses support, Paladin Oran will engineer reinforcement. Yeah, which if you break that whole sentence down and try to find out what does that mean, it means that, hey, we've run out of supplies. We need to start talking about getting some more here. Otherwise, we're going to have to go to some other means of negotiation. Yeah. Which means we're going to have to start drawing weapons or whatever, which it was like such a weird statement to have to say when you're freaking the, you know, awoken reef, whatever, and you know, you're stuck, whatever, waiting on your queen to come back at the time, but you have other means of getting supplies and things that you want. You're freaking pirates. <laughs> they were supposed to be pirates. That never, well, that never really know. happened. The reef, though, the reef and the prison of elders and that whole area, I mean, they had plenty of ways to get stuff back to them. Yeah, no, they did. They they, they certainly had uh, resources. Yeah. I mean, they were test, they were freaking um, experimenting on taking in the pits of the, <laughs> in Hive, in the pits of the prison of elders. Hmm. It's it's odd. It's man. It is really odd when you start to think about all of the things that have happened in Destiny so far. What do you mean? Just uh, the history of Destiny, all the crazy things that have happened. I mean, yeah, there is a lot, but I'm just curious about specifics of what you mean. No, there's nothing specific. I'm just saying in the total. <laughs> You're just saying in general. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's not just meatballs in the spaghetti. There's like salmon and shrimp and, <laughs> and freaking chicken and vegetables it's like what are we doing yeah uh well so then we are talking about the martian missives yeah. uh yeah. the next entry is toland one and again it's kind of a it's kind of a matter of like how because toland is no longer in a physical body but and this isn't we've had entries where it's Tolan speaking, but it was again just like kind of like an omniscient bias, uh, just observing. Right. This is a right. letter given to us, and it starts out with odd communication technique, but costly. Thought to phoneme to mark to digital signal, each transmutation yields less than the input, the alchemy of conception. Read well, Guardian, for less of value has filtered through these transmissions, and you must slake yourself on only the anhydrate wisdoms that remain. See, that whole sentence is like a clue to what's going on earlier where you have like a little secret, because this one really stands out. And it's basically telling you, hey, read well. You got to filter what's happening in these transitions. Like uh, it's almost like they're explicitly like telling us, "Hey, this is where you need to be looking for stuff." Do you think that's what it's? That's what it is. I just think that's generally that's what it feels Tolan like because. Bullshit. Well, yeah, but Tolan's bullshit typically has a little bit more prose and poeticism to it. This right here is a little odd because, like, just that one subpart where it says the alchemy of conception. You know, that's basically like where life is born uh, through a uh, chemical type of thing. It's almost like 
You remember way back when he said, remember the killing word? Was somebody discovers the killing word and all that prose and poet poeticism that he had in there? Uh, it's almost like that's Tolan in a nutshell. That's how he speaks. And when he speaks, he speaks directly, but as as if there is a finite purpose to everything, not in this way, like, um, hey, <laughs> yo, <laughs> let me let me sit on your shoulder and tell you how to, you know, guide you through what you're about to experience. That's not yeah. Tolan. You know, when when he, even when he was a floating orb on, on the moon, he was very direct with you. Yeah. He okay. was like you he was basically like, You suck, this is what's going gonna happen to you. And, you know, be, you know, beware. Now it didn't happen because we, you know, we're we're not crazy like he was, uh, and consumed by, you know, his obsessive nature with the hive or whatever. So he just sees everything in the, in that light. Uh <laughs> Yeah. He's the cautionary tale of what can happen if you, you know, what drives a warlock to madness, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, but yeah, uh, so something's going on. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Uh, in this message, he he's claiming to have watched us as we infiltrated Sabathon's throne world, which he did with Oryx's throne world, which is kind of funny. Uh, yeah. He goes on to compare the Traveler and Savathun as siblings who both bow to a singular master survival. And then he finishes this letter by calling Savathun the universe's salvation and that she could be ours too if we cast aside our old allegiances. It's very suspect. It is. And yeah, I mean, anything, anything being called salvation, it's always like a red flag now. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't really pick up on like the difference in Toland here. Like I did with like Ikora saying you should kill Zavala and Era saying you should kill me. Yeah. I didn't yeah. pick up on Toland's differences. But that's that's a fair point. You you, you do you do make a, a a good point that he's not exactly how he normally is, right? Well, and and I and I don't want to chalk that up to just being new writers or anything like that because I know that they wouldn't they wouldn't instinctively just take upon a whole new persona and characteristic for a character that's been embedded in the game and cemented in a way. They mm -hmm. wouldn't do that, and and specifically certain characters that are at the forefront that have more meat and potatoes to go with their backstory. They mm -hmm. wouldn't do that. It, it, it almost feels intentionally done here in this um, whole book as a way to kind of cue uh, you into something as fishy as going on. And especially because it's attributed to the whole, you know, Mars thing where we're, where basically the gumshoes trying to uncover the mysteries of what's happening with Sabathun and all that stuff. So a lot of this, you know, comes into play with detective work and, and almost like, you know, you interrogate this one person and you go interview this other person and then you come back to the person you interrogate to find out that you were lied to. And, you know, so it's kind of like, it's playing with that kind of like, you're going here, you're going here, but now you're coming back because you realize not everything you were told was true. Yeah. Or there's more to that story. And turns out, you know, it was Kaiser Sose all, all along. Or, you know, whatever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, um, after Toland, 
we have another letter, uh, this one from Zavala. And so Zavala approaches us clandestinely in his letter. Uh, he talks about the amount of pressure that's on Ikora, and he, he basically asks us to spy on her. And so I, I feel like I feel like it just needs to be read because yeah, go for it's, it, it's, it's, it's short and it, it, it does better being read. Uh, sadly, my concerns come around. Ikora are what bring me to you. I know my old friend. She carries her mistakes heavier than anyone else. And giving up the light to Savathun may be too much for her to bear. I can see the cracks forming in her resolve. The Vanguard needs three leaders to reflect the needs and the perspectives of Earth. I need your help to start the course correcting our and to start course correcting our current trajectory. I will not disgrace Ikora by removing her from her position, but her own flagellations are compromising her awareness and interfering with her ability to keep the city safe. I need a spymaster who can work from Ikora's shadow, even or especially when she compromises herself and you are already familiar with her work. I know that eventually Ikora will welcome the freedom of stepping away from the undue burden of her responsibilities, and once things quiet down, we will make your position more formal. Until then, I know I support your decisions and will back whatever changes you must take. I know this is no simple request to entrust you with uncovering our enemy's secrets and within saving and with saving my dearest friend's life. And it's again, it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, none of this like read like that into, to me until you pointed out very early on with the value eight and stuff. So I never, you know, I just read all of this, like, you know, just digesting lore, skipping through it, uh, trying to understand what was, you know, being said. Mm-hmm. But now it's now it's becoming more and more apparent that um yeah that we're we're being led somewhere. Yeah. And like in and this one, it doesn't it, it says like spy on Ikora. Yeah. Which is kinda like why. It's like yeah. so you're just like sowing a divide between the exactly. the guardians of the it, city. It's um it's espionage is yeah. what it is. But the the big thing in here for me, for this one for me, is um I know that eventually I until then I know I support your decisions and will back whatever changes you must take where it's like saying I will not force her out of her position, but eventually she'll see that it's the better thing to do. But also if you just want to kill her, like I support her. Like that's what he's saying, right? Yeah, you're right. You're very right. Yeah, you're very right. At like, first, hey, you know, if you just read through this real quick, you think all these are just talking about people that are concerned with one another. Yeah. Um, and you and you get this kind of like gloss over uh, sense that, oh, they're just basically telling you, like these are all the perspectives of all the major characters in the game just telling you mm-hmm. their concerns for what abouts to happen. But then when you start to dive into it, you start to see, wait a minute, why are they telling you, you know, certain things like it's almost like you're being led to do something or to disrupt the vanguard and yeah. the um the people that are aligned together and that whole thing about salvation and sabathun that's definitely sus like, <laughs> right <laughs> bro come on um and so that 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 kind of brings us to the last entry which is another encrypted letter from eris this time uh hidden encrypted and so through proper hidden channels eris reaches out to us he informs us about her doubts that Savathun will stay dead, 
but that more importantly, that Savathun has taken an interest in us. It is likely that she's been sending false missives in an attempt <laughs> to undermine our loyalties and redirect our goals. And is. and so I'll just I'll, I'll read this one too, um, because uh, these were all really kind of short. We could have just read through them all. We didn't even have to summarize yeah, yeah, yeah. them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you have bested Savathun, at least for all appearances. That is the only assurance we have in facing an enemy who works so subtly on so many different fronts. I still labor to uproot the filaments she spun into our intelligence networks during her tenure as Osiris. Thankfully, a great many have become more obvious without her constant maintenance. You should be aware that Savathun took particular interest in you, and I have uncovered her infiltration of hidden communication channels. It's likely she is responsible for one or more false missives in an attempt to undermine your loyalties and re or redirect your goals, but her schemes invariably serve multiple agendas. While she works to sway with her words, she encodes secrets to erode your subconscious as well. It is possible one may pick apart these ulterior agendas with a cautious eye, and so I re recommend reviewing any communications you have received to search for unusual elements report yeah, anything you is. uncover to ikora or me value so, eight double yeah yeah those eights where it's like is that like could that yeah. potentially be some like mind worm that sabbath like what if there is yeah. what if sabbathin did make like sleeper agents sure and eight well, is eight and, is the code yeah. right yeah, could be like, you know, you're going to, but see, here's that, th here's the thing with that playing with that. Right. So are you feeding, are you feeding into that by going back on like Ishtar and looking up everything that has an eight in it and just being distracted by it? <laughs> I don't think it's you ever happened I mean? before. No, Not I know. Like I'm this. just saying like, yeah, I'm just saying like, uh, like, like you said, like a mind worm, you know, is yeah. it meant to disrupt and distract you while something else happens? Yeah. And so that's, that's this entry here. That's the, the big thing with it. It's like you have this entry and it feels so blatantly obvious. It's like, oh, this is the real heiress telling us yeah. that everything else was false. And it's like, or is everything else real? And everyone is literally just like turning on each other. Right. And this is Savathun trying to like just yeah. sow more of the chaos. Yeah. Well, the whole Kate 8 thing is just bothering me. Yeah. Um, and also, there's eight entries in this lore book. Uh, oh, no kidding. <laughs> but so uh, I also have this note just to kind of wrap it all up. Uh, looking back at all the entries of this book, we start with a letter from Osiris that he couldn't have sent and contradicts the um, wolf tone draw. Yeah, uh, perfect. We can only take that at face value as being an omniscient viewer. So wolf tone draw should be considered purely true, and his letter disagrees. Uh, second, we get a letter from Eris telling us to kill her if she ever seems suspect, and that yeah. swiftness is a mercy. In this entry, she also slips up and writes the value eight. Um, third, we get a letter from Ikora through official hidden channels telling us to be wary of Finch and to assume anything he tells us is stuff the Hive wants us to know. 
Fourth, we get a letter from Keitel claiming the body of Osiris that Sabathun left at our, f- at our feet a couple of seasons ago isn't truly Osiris, as Keitel found his true body mutilated on Nessus, effectively yeah. telling us to dispose of the body we do have. Fifth, we get a letter from uh, we get a letter, not hidden encrypted letter, from Ikora preparing us to eventually kill Zavala. In this letter, she also slips up calling Cade Cade 8. This is the second misplaced 8 in these entries. Uh, six, we get the letter from Tolan telling us to trust Savathun and that she would be the universe's salvation. <laughs> Seventh, we get a letter from Zavala asking us to betray Ikora and push her out of her role as leader of the Hidden. And eighth, we get a hidden encrypted message from Eris letting us know Savathun impersonating Osiris could have sent out fake missives. So eight would be the last entry, which is eight, and that would be the only one you can tell is true. Yeah. That would probably be the puzzle, the puzzle, or the, uh, you know. Well, it, it seems to me like anything that's like properly encrypted in, in these entries is true. Although, the decryption key from the one Eris sent is QF4LYZX16G money sign uh, ICO223, whereas Eris is ERI223 and Ikora is IKO006. And so... Her decryption key is QF4LYZX16G money sign ICO006. So 223 would come way later down. Well, 223 is Eris. Do you know what I'm saying? Eris is 223, Ikora is 006. But the decryption key is identical except for the 223 and, and 006. Aha. Uh-huh. And so I wonder if there's something more with that, if that's, if that's telling, if that's, if, if the decryption codes are always the same decryption keys. Let's look at Ishtar. So wouldn't it be funny if all of the 006s on Ishtar um, were like false and then all the 223s were the real deal? Okay, well, so Altars of Reflection all are signed off with the QF4LYZX16G money sign IKO006. And and so, okay, so here goes the scary part. <laughs> Is that legit? I think... I think yes. It's this is the one entry. So this is unless this is Eris using if this is to if this is to imply Eris is using Ikora's decryption key. Right. Which let's, still could be look, a thing because let's look up Ari two two three. Alright. So when Eris wait, uh access restricted, uh Three two six, yeah. So, 
Anor, yeah, so Anor has one for herself, which is 73XK5V2PG1, money sign, Anor326. Uh, so Anor is 326. Are but, these the hidden? Are these the hidden's uh, number designates? Yes. Okay. So Eris is Eris is always two two three. Ikora okay. is zero zero six. So uh, somebody Amor... has. Um, uh, so somebody's hacked into Ikora's uh, hidden uh, sign-on decryption key. From her, so from her decryption key. Um, it could be that Ikora's uh, been hacked. Yeah, because so then if you were to search uh, AUN-326, which is uh, Anor's number, her decryption key is 73XK5V2PG1. And you'll find all of her entries have that decryption key. Which you can actually just search that decryption key, and it's always a NOR three two six. This is this is crazy because okay, so if if Icorus has always been zero zero six, why does Eris in this last entry all of a sudden have a derivation of Icorus decryption key, but with the two two three at the end? Is it because she's overwritten the? Um, previous decryption key and corrected it since she knew it was hacked or she discovered the hack and now she's speaking on a 223 so that you can number designate that this is the new text decryption key showing uh, the previous stuff was was uh, hacked because you have to make so like you have to because every time you make a change uh, in syntax, you have to you have to do either an alphanumeric uh, designate to show the change has been made. So that way, if there's a string of communications, you can see where something went wrong, and then there's the new uh, decryption key that's been handed out. So, but it's but the the funny thing is is so like, Icorus was zero zero six. This is still all of the string is Icorus well, except for the last does designate, which is two two three. Yeah, Ikora's designate is is zero zero six, but her decryption key is, her, or at least it appears, her decryption key. Oh, that's what I should be searching. I should I should I should just be searching decryption key. Um, oh, her yeah, decryption yeah, key go. is QF four LYZ X one six G. Yep. And then, so if I were to search decryption key, I'll get everything that has a hidden decryption key. So here's one for example. Um, the agent is redacted. But their decryption key is three four rm nine k five t r a g five five and then dash thirty, and I imagine that's because they were decrypted, uh, redacted, and then three five s n zero k six t r a g five five dash thirty one. Yeah, and so yeah. these are all so different are all... hidden agents decryption keys. Yeah, dash zero eighteen. So then the money sign um, probably just has to do with like the the leaders or the the top, right? Because then you've got the I. Well, I think that's like known. that's like the uh, the connector. It's to say like this is their okay. decryption key. Icora zero zero six. 
Okay, gotcha. At least that's, what, so that's the, what I'm taking it to mean. Yeah. The hidden it's dossier. Like, it's like, yeah, it's like sleeper agents. And then you've got, you know, the ones that are uh, the known leaders of those agents, like Akora and whatnot. Okay, okay, well, here, here's another one, here's another one. In the hidden dossier, Ikora has a different decryption key. It's 2CA9SXUO2C, and she uses that decryption key multiple times within the hidden dossier. Yeah. And I think okay. that's it, just twice. And then she uses a different one in the same dossier. Uh, Z2TET3C4WZTLR... L eight N V five, so so it must be like a different level. It must be like this is more L8 of a serious N-V5. one. I wonder if these decrypt to anything. Like, is something like staring us in the face and we're just completely missing it? Well, who knows? But you know, it's funny because like um, the only ones that really um, stand out are the ones that have the root name of the individual, the known individual, like Anors and like Akoras and. Um, so if you if you look at those, you kind of get an idea of who's who's talking what they're talking about. But for the redacted ones, you know they're just very much hidden. So like they're not going to tell you up front. They're not going to give the money sign, call sign, name, number, designate at the end. They just leave it uh, down yeah. the numeric pretext. So then, like if you look at, uh, I'm looking at all of them right now. I'm just glossing over them. Like you've got Anors, which is a you know money sign A U N three two six, and then you've got, um, you know, shoot, and then you've got some that were invalid decryption keys. Um, this is strange. Yeah. So there's definitely something to that. Um, whether it's like a big, you know, super encoded message or not, I don't know. It could just be that they're bringing it up here in this particular book because they want you to know that everything that came before that was IKO-006 was the hacked messages. And now we're on IKO-223. Yeah. Cause you had to get a new password or whatever. I just think that's weird that, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's that Eris noticed something. And so she was using Ikora's decryption key. Yeah. She has like she has access to it somehow, <clears throat> which is fine. I mean, you know, at this point, you either have to just go along for the ride because I uh, because Eris has been here with her crazy madness <laughs> for so long that you know what else are you gonna do but kind of trust her? Yeah, I mean. I- that's that's something that still kind of like comes up like this idea of Eris's dark future it's like is it still possible for Eris to betray us and i think the most common uh take on it is that yeah i mean technically it's still possible for Eris to betray us anyone could betray us at any moment but it's it's that we've given Eris like a a system of support where she has no reason to betray us Exactly. And and we know her backstory enough to know that she's about the most realist person that we've had to deal with because uh just just going off of what's happened to her, her traumatic past and you know, going down into the pit and then her even her nightmares like told us right away, hey, she's just, you know, 
she's just as screwed as everybody else. It's just, yeah. she's actually doing something uh, about it uh, to, to, a, to a point of just straight up head-butting vengeance in a way. But, you know, it, it, is, it is still kind of, you know, crazy because you think about her power uh, that she has is unlike anyone else's. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's just, that's wild. And, and then, like, what I always go back to is, um, you know, the Eris, the name Eris is from the Greek goddess of strife and discord, right? Yeah. And she was, in that whole mythology, she was the one that threw the golden apples out onto the table, her rock table. She threw the table, out, uh, the golden apple out on the uh, table for all of the other gods to fight over. Mm-hmm. So it's always been a thing that looms in my mind that, well, could she or, you know, is she somewhat responsible for everything, you know? And, and so, like, you never can. Well, I mean, tell. yeah. If, if you really want to get down <laughs> to the question of is she responsible for everything, it's like, Yes, she is because she's the one who her and her fire team went to fight Crota and they learned the secret yeah. of how to beat Crota and yeah. beating Crota brought Oryx and beating Oryx brought Savathun and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. It's just a matter of which do you prefer? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I well, mean, uh, uh I think we brought more questions than answered yeah, than answers on this episode. <laughs> you know, I started reading this book and that's why we decided to do it. I started reading this book and I was like, oh yeah, it's gonna be like all these like good foreshadows and things like that because uh, I had that friend yeah. telling me about the uh, thing about Osiris and I was I mean we had to, we have to get through all the books anyway. That's that's what we do here. But it yes. <laughs> very quickly became wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, this isn't right. like the idea though i like the idea so i like the idea of the whole book and how they're you know basically hacked uh letters that were sent to us to try to um disrupt the uh the the uh the vanguard and the consensus which which we recently learned you know the consistent consensus has been disbanded and so we're kind of le- we're kind of left to deal with the wait it has Yes, in the Shayura um, lore, it just glosses over it real quick. It says the consensus has been disbanded, and uh, it says nothing else about it. <laughs> okay, yeah. See, I there there are just things that I miss. I've been missing, yeah. which that's not like a surprise because we know that the factions, the leaders of the factions, have left. So it kind of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, without you know, them, what what is the consensus? Exactly. So it just kind of makes sense. Plus, you know, we FWC effed up. <laughs> so we have that whole thing. So, I mean, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like, um, you know, we need to regroup. We need to m- remake. But if you think about it, what a perfect opportunity for a representative to come in and try to infiltrate and do some espionage and send out some... Uh, you know, missives, <laughs> send out some some letters and try to destabilize the leadership in the tower and come up with some sort of a way to, you know, because divide and conquer, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
uh, you know, the witness could be behind that all along. Who knows? I don't know that they would. Uh, I don't know, man. Because like, uh, how direct does the witness? How indirect does the witness need to be if he it it has that much power? Yeah. Like where where is the ultimate play? If, if you're some like total total um, being that you can just do like world annihilation and all this stuff. Well, I, I imagine they're probably going to um, go go that route of like, we have rules that we have to follow type of bullshit. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, I can, like, the witness like can how... strike out against the traveler, but it can't strike out directly against people. Yeah. And then, and then there also is that whole thing, is this just grooming us to be the newest Rolk? Yeah. Right? I mean, maybe you know? it is. Because they've got to put you through all these trials and tribulations. Whether it was artificial in a way or not, it helped build who you are that they ultimately want to use as the weapon or whatever. Or the crowbar against the light. Mm -hmm. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, if you think about it, the Guardian as a whole is basically the ultimate tool slash weapon. And so how do you gain control of that? You know, you've got to... You've got to you know, to be kind of deceitful and, you know, ruse them into certain situations and build them up and give, get them stronger and put more fat on their bones so that mm -hmm. they'll be, you know, much more meaningful and better for you. Hone your weapon, right? Sharpen mm -hmm. it. And so, uh, you know, maybe that's it. Speaking this of the nice. future and speaking of like sowing this chaos, Yep. Um, there is one other thing that we can we can mention. Okay. Um, this past week, the uh, f the top right, top left corner flag for uh, weapons, who their foundry is, Cassoid has been added, which is interesting because we only have like three Cassoid weapons: Ariana's Vow, Dead Messenger, which apparently doesn't actually meet the bill because it was like recreated. It was like built upon by Cabal, I guess. And yeah. um, uh, well, Telesto? if you if you if you I mean if you're if you're speaking solely D two, I mean yeah, Telesto, yeah, yeah. And but uh, but if you're if you go all the way back, you know we had uh, painted Moss Artist, Bronze Nox Volo, Prime Nox Revis. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, various blue weapons, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the other the other important one is Invective. And so yeah. you have Ariana, who's a warlock and was probably a part of the Praxic Fire. Mm -hmm. uh, you have Ikora, who's a warlock, and I'm pretty sure she was part of Praxic Fire as well. Well, and okay, so here's the thing about Ikora. So I, I, I tuned in on this a long time ago, back when we had the ornaments for... Um, Iconoclast. For, yeah, so we had Iconoclast. And so Iconoclast, what does that mean? That is Ikora. I, Ikora's history as the punk rock crucible badass that she was. And she went against the whole idea. She was a loner. She was out there, you know, uh, being punk rock and, and just like having her, her Sturm and Drang days mm -hmm. and going against what she thought was kind of like just following the herd behind the light. Ultimately to learn the bigger lesson that is 
no, it's not these sheeple following the light. It's they need somebody to show them what is the correct way to follow the light. And so she became a warlock uh, in, in, in that whole representation of a warlock. She looked at these leaders that she had, like Osiris and all these other people, and she looked to them to see what are the pitfalls, the follies, and what is all of the things that can happen. And she became the best representative of the warlocks uh, in the vanguard. And so Ikora, her symbols on her shotgun, and you know the, uh, you know the lore behind the Vective, which was, you know, they came for my ghost, and that was basically it, right? Um, so... If you look at the symbol on Invective, you 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 notice the Cassoid symbol, and then there's another symbol beside it. Mm-hmm. And so we know that now in D two we know that the um, Praxics are you know really hardcore on the right side of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To the and, point and so, where they've got some uh, pretty uh, effed up ways of dealing with things. Yeah. So, um, and the the last what? We- uh, not the last weapon, but we have Ikora's weapon, warlock weapon. We have Ariana's weapon, warlock weapon. Dead messenger was was augmented. We don't know if it belonged to anyone in particular before that, but Telesto, the original grimoire. For it, this is this is an interesting uh, thing. Expanded search of Saturn's nearby moons produced only one notable discovery: a cloud of harbinger matter collected around Saturn's thirteenth moon, designation yeah. Telesto. A sample is enclosed for your examination. So, uh, Telesto basically utilizes um, the 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 power that Marasov's harbingers, her like big bad yeah. secret weapon that terrified fleets of fallen is utilized in this gun and it's kind of like what the fuck is this gun like what the fuck is this foundry and so um we 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 speak about praxic fire because these uh robes that should be on screen right now um oh yeah yeah maybe not i love this one i used to love to point this one out okay they are um the robes of the praxic fire uh, on the back collar here, you have what is clearly like a fragment of the Cassoid symbol. And exactly. it's it's missing the entire top branch, and it's missing these downward sloping branches. So it's not entirely positive if it, uh, it kind of goes against the Praxic Fire, if like Praxic Fire started the uh cassoid foundry and they kind of moved away from it or if it was the reverse or whatever the or case it could may just be. be built off of that whole thing it's also like daito we know daito was one of the oldest foundries mm-hmm. um and daito is you know very much in real world a long sword and it's one of the oldest weapons that was ever uh, manufactured and it's just kind of like what the mystery behind daito and why they had so much to do with uh the the you know the golden age and then we don't really know much else about them (laughs) yeah the telesto uh the cool thing about telesto was not just the lore but because of because of how it was built um Mm -hmm. you know when when you go back to back in the day uh 
the lore behind uh, Celeste that we didn't have a whole lot. Yeah, it was but just that you, one entry. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, if you think about the Harbingers um, that hit the Dreadnought, you know, and you think about if that's the Harbingers, if that's what the material is of the Harbingers in Telesto, which we had, you know, before that happened, um, this could have been ultimately just a byproduct of that development of the Harbingers. Yeah. Which, and, and the ornaments, which I love this one too, the ornaments very much have to do with the whole story of the, of the Awoken and the Queen and the battle and all that stuff. Like mm -hmm. we have the dread from below which is definitely talking about the dreadnought and if you look at the ornament for the dread from below it looks very much like the um ahamkara uh, that she had hidden in the dreaming city and then long live the queen which is another one which has a dreaming city um aesthetic to it and then the early ones which were telesto's lingering vestige and queen's command those had very much had a lot to do with the queen and, and their, even their aesthetics were really cool looking too. Uh, and they had just, they were like colored purple and stuff and pinkish purple, whatever. You, uh, you missed uh reef and ruin. Yeah. That's the cool one because reef and ruin, if you look at it, it has a lot of the whole, um, it has a lot of the whole aesthetic for, Remember how the reef look and it had a lot of fallen tech and it was stripped down and kind of like rusty. <laughs> and then you got a lot of like the purple color from the, uh, the uh, servitors and stuff like that. That's mm -hmm. the one that kind of makes me think of the reef. Uh, but anyway, good stuff. Yeah. I see what you mean. Like the lingering vestige um, awoken kind of have that like, pulse go over their skin so like that's like the beginning right it's 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 the um the distributary and yeah. the non-distributary awoken a lingering vestige and then you go queen's command because marasov takes over and then yeah. um uh probably the next one would be the dread below dread from below and then uh reef and ruin and then long live the queen yeah it's an inter it, is, it is a very interesting story to follow through with uh, weapons like that. But so the thing I was going to bring up um, with the whole Praxic Fire, as you said, we now know how kind of dangerous the Praxic Order is and how like uh, fanatical they are. And it just feels like th they've been slowly building up like Shayura, for example, Anor for a little bit. Um, all these Praxic Warlocks who are very avidly against the use of darkness. And we're on the cusp of more and more darkness coming. Yeah. Like, Lightfall has got to have something happening, right? So it's just like, it almost feels like one of two things is going to happen. And the first is the Praxic Order is going to preemptively strike and be like, we are stopping the use of darkness. We are taking over the city. We are, we are like controlling what guardians are able to learn and just like go like full fucking, um, like police state for the city and preventing the, the furthering of the darkness. 
Exactly, which is like that's the whole modus operandi with the uh, praxis. You know, they yeah. just want to they want mar they want to invoke evoke martial law. Yeah, they want everybody to be of. under control. Yeah, they want to have total um, um, here's you know say as far as what's going on with what's considered heretical and what is considered. Uh, the walk of the light, right? Anything outside of their viewpoint is considered uh, heretical and they want to stop it. So if you were to usher in a representative of the Praxics to take over the vanguard, the city, whatever, control, it's going to get really crazy and horrible. And so that's that's one. They they preemptively take over control before Lightfall happens, and maybe that's what these next one of these next two seasons are. And the reverse is they're gonna still build it up, and then when Lightfall happens, and it's like whether it's like the second collapse or or, or what, and then Guardians are picking up more and more darkness. That's yeah. when they go. That's it. That was the final straw. Clearly, you can't be trusted. We're taking over. But I I very much expect they are going to take over or attempt at the very least attempt to take over very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody was worried about new monarchy and now, <laughs> now it's the stupid praxis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, okay. So the, the thing about the praxis is very solar oriented. Um, it's also their whole idea is that in order to, um, they they have this whole thing about conflagration and and burning away the darkness like everything is a solar which they they identify as the purest form of light they want to um uh destroy their enemies and themselves is the ultimate sacrifice to you know kill the enemy is to sacrifice themselves mm-hmm. like ariana did and like um uh, what's her name down in Sabathun's song, Tycho, the one that everybody likes to meme about. Yeah, Tycho. Uh, Tycho yeah, 3. Tycho. Yeah. And then, and so, like, if you think about that, they are so headstrong into the battle that they're willing to give up everything just to burn it all down. Mm-hmm. They throw their bodies onto, you know, the enemy and just flame on, right? Yeah. I'm excited to see uh, what's coming. I wonder if we're going to actually see any teases for the season before the showcase or if the showcase teases the season or, I mean, who knows? (laughs) Who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? I'm excited. I think everybody is to a point. We're in a lull right now. So it, yeah, we're in a lull right now. I know we got the solstice going on, but um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's a little bit, to be expected you know we know mm-hmm. what's going on with that but as far as looking forward what's coming next this is a big one yeah i'm very excited for the future and i'm very excited for our next show which will be on august 7th Woo-hoo. and uh that is uh so that show <laughs> oh <laughs> No, I was going to make a joke about it being about um, the Sandman because it's coming out on August 5th. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that show. I'm very excited. I, I love the Sandman. I I have the uh, the omnibuses over there, the, the nice leather nice. ones. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, join us on August 7th, uh, same time, same place. Uh, we're going to be talking about 
maybe probably the uh what is it candescent armor yeah because that all has has stuff on it as well that we can get into the solstice stuff we'll have more about the solstice to say (laughs) so that'll be fun um anything else to say well that's it all right well bye everybody bye